0: Expand your mind and enrich your world. It's time for another outstanding podcast from ICRT. This is Taiwan Talk.
1: This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. Welcome to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. It's Thursday, April 3rd. I'm Keith Mancone. As the political crisis surrounding the Cross-Strait Service trade agreement continues, leaders in the U.S. and China are watching on, doing their best to determine how the conflict could affect their interests with Taiwan. For his perspective on what the conflict could mean for the trilateral relationship between Taiwan, the U.S., and China, I spoke earlier in the week with Dr. Richard Bush. He's a former chairman of the American Institute in Taiwan, serving from 1997 to 2002, and currently serves at the Brookings Institution as the director of the Center for East Asia Policy Studies. Dr. Richard Bush, thanks so much for joining us.
0: my pleasure. Nice to see you.
1: Uh, a lot of people were celebrating in two thousand and eight two thousand and nine at the the fast progression of uh, dialogue in the economic sphere between Taiwan and China, and you were saying that well, that was the low hanging fruit and as we move forward new uh, new issues are going to be more difficult to broach. Is that what we 're seeing right now are we seeing are, are we seeing a slowing in these talks because everything else that 's left is going to be much more difficult
0: I think the low fr- hanging fruit has been exhausted, and more and more the issues that are dealt with in current agreements uh, touch on um, economic interests of specific sectors in the two societies. And so the sectoral politics of these agreements intensifies. In addition, um, I think we're probably going to see more politicization on the Taiwan side of these agreements as um, some political parties uh, try to stimulate and exploit Uh, the generalized fear that Taiwan people have about China.
1: So in your most recent book, which touched on the relations between China and Taiwan, one of the ideas that you introduced is that there's two different stances that China might take as it works to forward political dialogue with Taiwan. Could you uh, first explain to us what those two different stances they might take is?
0: Sure. Uh, I should note that China's ultimate goal is not just political dialogue but unification. It can uh, pursue these objectives through engaging the Taiwan side in mutual persuasion. Uh, On the other hand, it can exploit the asymmetry of power that exists between uh, the two sides and essentially intimidate Taiwan and its leaders into giving it what it wants.
1: And you've said that a more cooperative uh, approach would be better for both Taiwan and China. Why do you think that is?
0: Uh, It's certainly better for Taiwan because they get to agree to new uh, and risky things at their own pace. I think a Chinese strategy that relied on intimidation might give Beijing what it wants, but at the same time it would get a, a population that's probably pretty hostile and skeptical and uncooperative. And in the long run, that's not good for China.
1: Do you think that the political crisis centered around the cross-service trade agreement is going to nudge China in either direction towards one stance or the other?
0: Well, it really is too early to tell, but I am a little bit worried uh, that if this recent crisis ends badly, it may shape the thinking of leaders in Beijing in new ways. That is to say, a premise of Beijing's policy is that these incremental steps towards greater cooperation actually get carried out, and that agreements that are negotiated between the two sides do get ratified within Taiwan's political system in the legislative yuan. Chinese leaders understand that uh, Taiwan's a divided society. They understand that uh, some of these initiatives are controversial, but so far, everything has gone forward. And now we have essentially a low-level revolt against something that Um, Beijing and Taipei agreed to three years ago in ECFA and sought to carry out, and now this is the result, which may lead some in Beijing to question the premises of their overall mutual persuasion policy.
1: In in the long term, how significant of a setback is this going to be in moving forward agreements between China and Taiwan?
0: If this uh, agreement doesn't get through, then uh, perhaps the PRC is going to be reluctant to move forward and make concessions on the agreement in trade in goods, which is also part of the ECFA framework. Uh, there may be difficulties on the agreement on um, dispute settlement. Uh, moreover, it may be that um, Beijing would be less tolerant of Taiwan's efforts to Um, engage in liberalization exercises with other trading partners uh, like the Philippines or India or Japan or the United States.
1: Turning more to the U.S. side of all of this, in what ways do you think that the ongoing political crisis uh, touches on U.S. interests?
0: Um, First of all, I need to say that the United States um, has applauded uh, the progress in cross-strait relations uh, that has occurred since 2008. The United States uh, benefited from the relaxation intentions because we have plenty of problems around the world and having one less problem is a good thing. We understand that trade agreements are difficult. Uh, We understand that uh, how legislatures process trade agreements uh, is sometimes difficult. Look at us, we don't have trade promotion authority right now. I think that there may be some Concern about uh, recent um, developments here um, that uh, it hasn't been so easy to push this uh, agreement through the legislature and get it ratified, and uh, perhaps a concern about how China is going to react or or overreact uh, to what's happened.
1: Do you think that the U.S. has any concerns if this uh, if this trade service pact is passed and and Taiwan and China make moves to move closer economically, do you think that that poses any concerns for the U.S., or is this something that uh, they're going to applaud because it'll contribute to political stability in the region?
0: Um, I think it'll be applauded. First of all, it demonstrates that uh, even a politically difficult trade agreement uh, can get through the Taiwan system, and that's important for its own sake. It's important for um, U.S.-Taiwan economic relations. But I think there is a, uh, an understanding that uh, closer economic uh, relations between uh, Taiwan and China are, are not in any way a threat to the United States. This is uh, something that could have happened a long time ago if uh, there hadn't been uh, political obstacles in the way. Um, moreover, I think there is a clear recognition that um, the Ma administration and President Ma himself understand. Uh, the need and necessity for Taiwan to liberalize economic relations, not just with Taiwan's major trading partner, but with all other trading partners. And uh, there are a variety of policy reasons why that's necessary. Um, Hence, um, President Ma is focused um, sooner or later on uh, becoming a part of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Uh, And that's a good thing. Um, It won't be easy. But it's the sort of direction that uh, Taiwan needs to be going in if it's going to have a balanced and successful economic future.
1: do you think that the u.s has a constructive role to play in all this?
0: I'm not sure. Uh, this really does have to do with uh, political dynamics here in Taiwan and relationships among bol- different political forces and um, we see uh, new political forces that have sprung on the scene and and we're still trying to assess the significance of. Certainly, uh, we would like to see the stabilization of cross-strait relations uh, continue, uh, but I think this is mainly a um, something for the different political parties here in Taiwan to work out, and whatever happens, uh, if it's positive, will be stronger because uh, actors here were the ones responsible for it.
1: Do you think that U.S. policymakers have a preferred outcome?
0: We have tended to shy away from stating preferences on uh, this outcome or that outcome. Um, our main preference is that the process be peaceful and um, acceptable to people on Taiwan. We um, stress the importance of keeping intentions low um, and uh, have some experience ourselves uh, of getting more deeply involved when tensions were higher.
1: Now, one of the criticisms that people who support the pact are are levying against the demonstrators is that they're saying that if this fails to pass, then this will demonstrate to uh, Taiwan's other trade partners that they're not a reliable uh, partner in trade talks. And I know that you've been following the quiet nudges that the U.S. administration has been giving to Taiwan to potentially pave the way for the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Um, do you see any signs that this is going to have a chilling effect on the trade relations between Taiwan and its partners if it uh, if the trade pact does not pass?
0: Well, it's early days, and uh, I don't want to make too firm a prediction, but you do point to a an issue in our trade negotiations with that with Taiwan, and that is uh, the credibility of commitments made by Taiwan's negotiators, and um, we conclude agreements with Taiwan on the assumption they can be approved, and they will be approved, and, but we've had uh, um, difficult ex- experiences when it hasn't happened that way. If this t- is not approved, it may, and uh, I say it's early days, it may uh, create new concerns on that score.
1: What, what lessons do you think that policymakers are drawing from this episode as they watch it unfold, and do you think that they're drawing the right lessons?
0: I mean, one lesson is that uh, politics uh, in Taiwan is somewhat reminiscent of politics in the United States where we have our own polarization and political combat and uh, failure to um, engage on substantive terms. So this is not a surprise, and and this is a situation where we can't uh, impose too many uh, judgments. Do
1: you think that there's an area of cross straight policy that is not sufficiently understood in Washington policy circles from people that aren't close enough to this issue
0: I think the um, dynamics of politics here um, the dilemmas that uh, various political actors have and you know in the last year or so the rise of these very spontaneous protest movements uh, that seem to come out of nowhere um, but it's a new thing
1: what what do you think that people in uh, Washington DC are 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 interpreting this as, and what do you think that they maybe uh, should know about it?
0: Well, Taiwan is not the only place that has these. Um, the United States has had it uh, with Occupy Wall Street. Uh, we've seen it in Thailand. Uh, uh, we've seen it in the Arab Spring. Um, so it would be a surprise if it didn't exist in Taiwan. But you know, it's an added factor that has to be taken into account as as we assess what um, the political leadership here uh, can do, how the PRC leadership uh, might react, and how the United States should uh, respond, if at all.
1: What about the Chinese side? Uh, you, you already touched on this a little bit, but what do you think are the the conclusions that they're going to reach about Taiwan's democracy based on what they're seeing right now?
0: I think Chinese leaders are, are ambivalent about um, Taiwan's democracy, Uh, On the one hand, they've seen what they interpret as uh, cases where um, political leaders here have uh, uh, engaged in demagoguery that uh, has increased tensions between uh, China and Taiwan and has also appeared to move close to challenging China's fundamental interests. Uh, On the other hand, I think they um, had a positive outlook on the elections in 2008 and 2012 when voters here appeared to uh, understand very clearly where Taiwan's interests lay when it came to cross-strait relations. And generally we've seen uh, through public opinion polls that uh, the public seems to... um, accept and approve of President Ma's uh, cross-strait policy, whatever their approval rating of him is. I suspect that uh, analysts in China understand that the recent troubles are, in some sense, a um, initial battle for the 2014 um, local level elections and the 2016 presidential election. And uh, clearly they would want to see um, a continuation of current policies and not a uh, a stall or reversal in those policies.
1: Uh, Broadly speaking, what does the current political crisis tell you about Taiwan's young democracy?
0: Um, First of all we have to acknowledge that uh, there is a a generalized fear here about growing dependence on the mainland and the mainland market. Um, I think there should also be fear about being marginalized from the international economic community. So that's a dilemma that Taiwan has to face. And uh, But the fear about the mainland is, is um, going to continue. It's going to express itself in different ways, and it needs to be addressed. Um, the large size of the uh, demonstrations on March 30th uh, were a reflection of this fear. Um, at the same time, I think that it's a fair judgment that uh, the... Response of Taiwan's legislature or uh, elements within Taiwan's legislature to this agreement reflect a uh, sentiment towards it and tactics about it that uh, don't necessarily uh, reflect um, the broad uh, balance of sentiment uh, concerning mainland economic policy. Um, This is not always easy to gauge, but that's my general impression.
1: Let's talk specifics about that. So uh, what you're saying is that Perhaps the policy preferences of the majority of people in Taiwan are not being reflected by uh, DPP leadership. Is that right?
0: That's basically what I'm what I'm saying. Um, before all the trouble started, uh, there was a poll uh, that asked um, citizens whether they preferred uh, the KMT's um, cross strait economic policies or the DPP's. Forty four percent of responders said they preferred the KMT. Twenty eight percent said the DPP. Uh, which suggests that what the DPP proceeded to do in the legislature didn't exactly um, represent the majority view. Uh, What's even more interesting was that this was a DPP poll. And does this say anything
1: to you about the institutional strengths or weaknesses in Taiwan's
0: democracy? This is one area of question marks. Um, It's Um, a little hypocritical of me to sort of discuss this because the United States political system isn't in uh, such good shape. And I think that we have plenty of examples of political forces in our Congress who are um, using their position to pursue agendas that don't necessarily reflect uh, uh, the balance of sentiment uh, in our society. So politics is rough all over.
1: Uh, Is there anything else that you feel like you would like to say on the ongoing political crisis that I forgot to ask about?
0: I guess what I'd say is that although participation and the expression of strongly held views is important, institutions are important as well. Uh, Institutions exist to channel the sentiments of the people and aggregate them into uh, policies that a majority um, can support. Um, when institutions are challenged or undermined or subverted uh... there is a loss and uh... so the institutions of democracy uh... really need to be cherished and uh... protected uh... because they exist uh... for the interests of all
1: dr richard bush is the former chairman of the american institute in taiwan uh, Dr. Bush, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Uh, it's my great pleasure. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks for listening to Taiwan Talk. As always, we'd love to hear what you thought of today's program. You can leave us a comment on our Facebook page or rate and review Taiwan Talk on iTunes. This helps us bring you the kind of shows you want to hear and makes it easier for other people to discover the program. For ICRT, I'm Keith Manconi.